Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Malatesta. Mike is an entrepreneur who has helped start, grow, and sell two successful waste management companies. He also created and hosts the How'd It Happen podcast, where he explores stories, lessons, and wins with some of the most fascinating and successful people in the world. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how being selfish can be good for our business. Today we'll cover some of the following key takeaways. Number one, sometimes we need to be selfish first so we can figure out what we want and need. After we do this, it's easier to become a service leader and help others. Number two, to get out of the valley of despair, we can acknowledge that we are in control of our lives and can design a way for us to get where we want to be. And number three, we can build our confidence by surrounding ourselves with those who support us and by paying attention to all the good we accomplish. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Mike. It's my great pleasure to be here, Nathan. Thanks for hosting me. Can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? I am super passionate about supporting entrepreneurs. I think that um, entrepreneurs are some of the most interesting and uh, impactful people in the world. And I make it my business to try to support as many of them as I can and to help them get uh, and grow and think as big as they're capable of doing. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, how you got started in this process and, and how you got into the waste management industry. I think that I became an entrepreneur when I was four years old. And I was sitting on the curb outside of my parents' house and we lived across the street from a construction company. And in the afternoons in the summertime, I would sit on the curb and I would watch the guys bring their trucks and equipment back to the yard. And it was just something that fascinated me, like the noise and the smoke and the just the coolness of it, of it all. And I thought to myself, well, I wonder what it's like to, you know, I didn't know what an entrepreneur or even a business was at that point, of course, but I just thought it was so cool that I thought, wow, what if you could have something like that? What would that be like? And then life got in the way and I forgot pretty much all of that and went to high school, went to college. And while I was in college, <clears throat> I got a job driving a garbage truck because I still love trucks, but I hadn't really pursued the entrepreneurial thing. Yeah. So I was driving a garbage truck around the city of Philadelphia, picking up dumpsters. And I just thought it was super cool business. And I talked to the owner and he gave me some advice, career advice, you know, where I should go, what I should look for. And I did that. And I got hired in the waste business uh, with a, uh, a very large company. And uh, I moved around with them. I was moving up. I had five or so years in there. I had five or six different positions. I was the youngest divisional vice president in the company. And, and then I got fired and I had no idea what I was going to do. So I was 26. I didn't know what I was going to do. And a friend of mine, a guy that I had <clears throat> worked with at my last facility where I was, he sent a message to me a month or so after I got fired. And he's like, hey, um, if you are thinking about starting a business, which I wasn't, um, you know, I'd like to be involved with you somehow. And I, it brought me back it was like a time in my life where I had no confidence, Nathan. And it, and here's this guy that I hardly know, but I did work with a little bit, who's got enough confidence in me to come say these kinds of things. And ironically, 
His name was Butch, but ironically, maybe not ironically, maybe purposely, I don't know, but he had spent most of his life growing up on a farm. And when he came to me with that question that gave me a little bit of confidence, I think it literally took me back to when I was that four-year-old and that little entrepreneurial seed had been planted and then completely abandoned for many, many years. And he brought the water or the fertilizer or whatever with that little bit of confidence that made me, that germinated that seed and made me think, oh, I think we can, we can do this. And that's how we got started. All right. So tell me about the biggest success that you've had in your career so far. Uh, well, the biggest home run that I ever hit was meeting Butch. I mean, and that having met him and then him giving me that confidence that I described earlier was, I mean, if there's a game changer in my life. And then 10 years later, he died uh, in a fire, or not in a fire, but as a result of being burned in a fire at one of our our processing plants. And yeah, I went from being, you know, here's the person that changed my life to now, um, you know, I'm, I'm, he's gone. Um, I'm like, uh, alone in this thing. And that was, that was really, um, painful, but I tell that story, not because of the pain, but because your question was about success. And when that happened, and it wasn't just that it was a combination of things that had just been building over time, but I, I really felt broken and I felt like, um, I, 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 I say that I fell into this valley of uncertainty, this big gap that I just fell down into. And I just wanted to stay there and feel sorry for myself and hope that somebody's going to come along and, you know, tell me what to do, Nathan, and get me out of this thing and point me in the right path and do all of these things. And the, 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 the realization that I had that I think led ultimately to the real success story is I designed a system in my life that got me exactly where I was. And instead of me complaining about it, blaming people, wanting the world to sort of change my direction or whatever, I figured that if I designed the system to put me where I was, why couldn't I just design a system to put me where I wanted to be. And that re revelation got me on the path to, you know, ultimately, and this did not happen overnight, it happened over several years, but it got me on a path where I started to understand what I was supposed to be doing to get to where I wanted to be. First of all, I have to know where I want to be. Second of all, I have to be able to describe it and treat it as if it's real, even though it's different. Third, I have to pay for it or own it. And fourth, I have to convince people that it's a good place to go so that they can follow me and, and you know, help me get there. Um, I could give them autonomy if I knew that. So that's where the selfish part of the subtitle of the book comes in, how getting selfish got me unstuck. Getting in that valley, you know, realizing that I was there because of myself, I, you know, I was designed to be there. Not that I, you know, I'm not trying to suggest that I was responsible for his death or anything like that, but it just, I was there for a reason and I needed to do a lot of things different to get somewhere else where I wanted to be. So ultimately, I'd say the success is from there, you know, another 12 years or so of work. And, our, the, you know, the company became a lot, you know, it became a lot more valuable. We achieved a lot more things. I had a much better team. I was just, you know, I was doing my job. I was doing my job um, better, uh, you know, figuring out how to be 
a leader and and to have a vision for for what the future would be. And ultimately, we we you know we sold the company twelve years later, um, and I think that's the success that most people want to hear about. And it was it was um, you know it was a good outcome. So let's go back to this this valley of despair. This um, that that's a common place. I've been there before in in my twenty five year entrepreneurial journey. I've I've been there multiple times, and you have these horrible tragedies or a lawsuit or a, a loss of a huge client, right? There's lots of things that can put us into 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 the spot where we've kind of got to replan and re-strategize and, and rediscover who we are and where we want to go. Um, I remember hearing Russell Brunson talk about he when he got to one of those spots and he he just remembered one night or one morning he got up and said he just, he wished he had a boss so somebody could fire him and he didn't have to go into work. That's the problem with an entrepreneur is there's nobody to fire you, right? What, what advice can you give to entrepreneurs for how they can get out of that valley of despair? This is what, what worked for me. I think it, I think it has a chance to work for a lot of people. One is, like I said before, just, just, just decide or acknowledge or whatever the right word is that the reason you're there is more than likely because you designed yourself to be there. Take a look. You know, they say, you know, whether you want to look in the mirror, you want to get perspective, whatever. Look at yourself and and say, I designed this to get myself here. This is not where I want to be. I'm not happy with this. But the power for me in getting out of here is knowing that I designed something to get me here. So if I was able to do that, I am able to design something to get me out of here too. Now, it's easier to stay in that you know despair or uncertainty valley by not acknowledging that you're responsible for for being there by wanting to make it someone else's problem. And then we stay stuck in that situation. Yes, stuck and stuck wanting to turn around, wanting to get you know, shrink instead of getting bigger, all of these things that are not what an entrepreneur in my mind should be thinking about. So yeah, that's my advice is, you know, turn that thinking around, not to say that you're going to immediately have all the answers. You're not. But if you just determine that I got here because I designed it. So right. Intellectually, very easy to understand that I can get somewhere else by designing something else and then start, you know, that path. Once you accept that, except that you can make it something different. Okay, so let me restate and make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Um, I believe you're saying that when we're in a spot, we're stuck. We're in that valley of despair. We're, we're not in a place where we're going the direction we want to go and making that progress we should be making as entrepreneurs. We should look at where we are as a result of what we have previously designed, a system or a process or a path or a life business that we've previously designed. And instead of looking at it that we're a failure or or that we can't do it or or uh, being discouraged or or depressed, maybe we need to say, okay, how do I redesign the system, the process, the business, the life to, to have the outcome that I really want and then implement that new system or process. Can you share with me any examples you've seen or thoughts you have about credibility marketing. Sure. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in success stories and success stories that focus on, to use Donald Miller's terms, they focus on the, the client as the hero and, and us as the guide. 
So I believe that the story, the, the most effective stories aren't about me or my company. They're about the impact that working with us has had on our clients and customers. And for a long time, uh, I thought I could be the hero to my clients and customers. But now I think, well, they, they're not, they want to be the hero. <laughs> I mean, they want, they're the ones that want to be uh, congratulated in their company as having made a great decision to work with us or whatever. So I think that our job is to help them become the heroes as the result, as a result of working with us. So I believe in telling stories about the victory for them in, you know, how did it help them? Not what a great job we did. How do we make our clients and customers more successful in their words and in their experiences, not in ours? Let's talk about your podcast for a bit. Um, you, you have this How Did It Happen podcast that has more than 200 episodes already. Uh, could you share with us some of the, the most important lessons that you've learned uh, from, from that show that could help other people that are trying to build and grow their own show? I've kind of had, like, like, like most businesses, I've kind of had sort of evolutions and revelations as I've gone through the podcast. Um, and, you know, when I first started, I just wanted to have interesting conversations with people I was curious about. And that served me really, really well uh, and still does today. But, um, but as I got further into it, I said, well, is that enough? You know, is it enough for, uh, you know, me to, to be curious about someone and that's the share the story that I want to explore. And I, I determined that it wasn't, it's an important, it's an important component, but it's not enough because really what I want to do is I want to inspire and activate greatness in other people. And for me to inspire and activate greatness in them, I have to, I have to make sure that the stories that we're um, exploring and sharing are relatable to them. And fortunately, um, wherever they are in their life, they're relatable. Maybe not 100% relatable. I'm not looking for that, but there's a portion in there that's relatable. And I think, fortunately, a lot of successful people um, have you know, stories that are 100% relatable and not just relatable, but they show you that they were in your shoes at some point, maybe facing the same obstacle that you happen to be facing uh, this moment. And they also tell you what they did, you know, to get past that or to move beyond that. And they do it free and willingly. And if your ears are open and your brain is working, you know, you're going to hear that and it's going to, and the confidence, for example, to move, to move ahead. So I found that the vast majorities of the stories that I end up telling are not about people who were born into anything. They're about people who were born with something a little bit different than, than a lot of people. And that, but maybe they didn't know what it was. And then they were exposed to someone, something, some event, some experience that activated what they were born with. Then they just did it, you know? So I'm really trying to, to get to in, in my conversations, you know, what that was, because I want people walking away and saying, Oh, um, Naveen Jain was, you know, just an immigrant coming to the U.S. and, you know, everybody thought he was just nothing, but except him. 
But then he kept his eyes open and his ears open and his brain open. And all of a sudden, you know, he's a multi-billionaire, right? And everybody's looking at him like he was born that way. No, he was not born that way. Listen to what he has to say. And so I, again, getting back to me wanting to create, I want to, I want to, I want to inspire entrepreneurs and and people who want to be entrepreneurs or high performers in anything that they do. I want to uh, inspire and activate in, that in them by making other people who who are there already not seem that different than them. Let's talk about confidence for a minute. You've brought up confidence a couple of times, sharing about your story and when you were kind of stuck in that valley you talked about and and you you referred to it a minute ago. Why is confidence so important for an entrepreneur? Confidence in my mind doesn't mean that um, that uh, I know everything. So there's a big difference between being confident about things and being um, a know-it-all. I think actually know-it-alls are probably in a lot of cases less confident. But 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 it's important. You, you, if you don't believe in yourself, no one's going to believe in you. And for me. All the things that I've been through, all the things that all entrepreneurs have been through, all the things that all people have been through, it's easy for them to chip away at your, or you let them chip away at your confidence until you're really questioning yourself. And I believe that you need to keep putting yourself back together with that confidence. So if someone's chipping it away, you need to have someone that's, that's, you know, gluing it back on or whatever, growing it, regrowing it or whatever the right word is. Because as long as I have confidence, then I can keep moving forward. And as long as I have confidence, I can be like, like we were talking about hiring the great, the right people and the great people. As long as I have confidence, I feel better about admitting the things that I don't know and, and getting those things uh, into my life or getting them around me. If I thought that I knew everything, I wouldn't do that. So I just think it's a really, really important, it's not the only thing you need, but it's a very, very important. And it's a natural part of the entrepreneurial journey. We all find ourselves in that valley and things go wrong and and we doubt ourselves and, and we lack confidence at times. And my next question for you, you've kind of answered, partially answered, um, was to ask you, okay, when we're not feeling that confidence, how do we re regain or rebuild the confidence. And and you just mentioned how we need to surround ourselves by a person or, or by people who help us to rebuild that confidence. Make sure we're we have people in our lives that can can help rebuild that when when maybe we don't have it ourselves. Um, any thoughts on that or any other ways for entrepreneurs to rebuild that confidence? Yeah, I've learned that um anytime that you're feeling unconfident, the best thing that you can do is look back over the last week, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and and really pay attention to what you've accomplished during that time. Because you may not be living up to your ideal, and living up to an ideal is, can, always, can be dangerous. But if you look back over time and you actually chart the progress that you've made, chances are you've made a lot. You've just been discounting it. We do that a lot. You know, you discount progress. And if you look at that and you see that you've made progress, hopefully that, you know, boosts you back up a little bit. And then if you surround yourself with some people who might reinforce that, like, hey, look at what, you know, look at what we've actually accomplished over over the last, uh, you know, whatever that period of time is. I think that's a great way to bring brings confidence back to the forefront for you. 
Okay, let's talk about your book a little bit. So your book is called Ownership, How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck. First of all, tell me just a little bit more how selfishness can help us. Because usually we look at selfishness as a bad thing. But how can selfishness, when can it help us? Yeah, I know. Selfish, it's like a horrible word, right? Nobody nobody wants that word attached to them. Um, but I use it very intentionally here because for me, and I think for a lot of us, one of the reasons we end up getting to the point where we're broke or we're in despair or in this uncertainty valley is because we let the selflessness part of us take over. And what do I mean by that? We say yes to everyone. We put everybody else bef before us. We, we, um, this is what I did. You know, I, I, when I read Jim Collins book, good to great. And he talked about servant leadership and how servant leaders, you know, run circles around other types of leaders and they're humble and they do all these things. I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, I, how do I get to be a servant leader? Right. And I just doubled down on what I thought it was, which was the selflessness, right. Putting everybody else first. And when I was in that Valley and I was thinking about the system that I designed that ended up getting me here, uh, there, Nathan, I, it, it occurred to me that in order for me to break through, I really needed to spend some time with my own thoughts and my own self, putting myself first to figure out where did I want to go and what kind of system did I want to design to get there? Dan Sullivan, who, who runs um, or founded the strategic coach program that you may have heard of, he said something in a, in a CD to me once, a CD, it was a long time ago. <laughs> he was telling a story and he said these five words. He said, my future is my property. And this was around the time I was trying to come out of this valley. And when he said, my future is my property, and he said, you know, it's mine. It's not my mother's or my father's or it's not the government's. And he went through all these things. And then he's like, it's mine. I, and, and in order for me to own it, I have to pay for it. Meaning I have to know what it is. I have to, I have to design a system to get there. I have to be willing to invest to create my future. I mean, those five words made me think, ah, I see, I've been missing it all along. I can't be a servant leader to some to a bunch of people, and I don't know where I'm leading them. So I use the term selfish uh, on purpose to just to make the point that once I was able to get selfish and I was able to create and understand this future that I wanted, um, I had a much better chance of getting there. I could explain it to to everyone on the team, and then I could actually be selfless again because I. Once they knew and once they had autonomy to, you know, move us in the direction that we wanted to go, I was there to support them instead of there to do things for them, which is kind of how I was applying it before. So that's, for me, that's the difference. Is there another key takeaway from your book that you'd, you'd like to share with our audience? Well, the we've been talking about the design, you know, you, you are where you designed yourself to be. I think that's really important um, because... That's not natural human behavior for most people to accept that. But I think it's really necessary, particularly for entrepreneurs, to um, to have that awareness because you can't, you know, you know, until you until you accept it, there's I think there's it's going to be difficult to move forward and get somewhere um, somewhere else. Yeah, just one thought on that. So it's a shift. I'm restating to make sure I understand. It's a shift from. Instead of life happening to me, I am designing the life that I want. 
That's correct. And thank you for working shift in as well, because, you know, there was a lot of work around coming up with a name for the book. And I think shift was a really important one because as through, as we go through this process, whether you believe in my four stages, you know, dream, grind, break and breakthrough, or you have some other belief system, none of it happens without a series of shifts along the way. And now you hear the word pivot used all the time. And I don't think that pivots are what you want because like when I think of a pivot, I think of a fixed point and I'm just moving my way around a fixed point. But when I shift, I actually move from one physical place to another physical place or one mental place to another mental place. And I think that's important too. You have to continue to shift um, as you move as you move along in your on your path. Thank you so much, Mike, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Mike, you can find him on LinkedIn or YouTube. You can visit his website at mikemalatesta.com and check out his books. You can also listen to his How Did It Happen podcast. And there's links to each of these sites in the blog post for this episode on our site. You can also download a free copy of my ebook, Passion Marketing, and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success to get where you want to be. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.